Hey everyone, it's Josh Bohm, AsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with the first edition of the 2022-2023 season of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm joined by Kirk Henderson, uh, our fellow editor, and the reason why I'm starting off this podcast is because I will confess to you, dear listeners, <laughs> I messed up my schedule and I watched only four minutes of this basketball game. So Kirk, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. A, I'm off to a great start. Well, to be fair to you and to anyone else. <laughs> who may have missed the game, it was extraordinarily difficult to watch this game. It was not televised anywhere except for <laughs> Mavs.com. So you mean literally watching it, not just the on-court product. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, I have some some kind of bootleg TV service, and I couldn't even find it on that. And it, it and I can find, like, like, soccer games on Mars if I want to. So it's like, <laughs> this game did not exist for all intents and purposes. We watched a... um. We watched a broadcast with Dana Larson, Bobby Corrala, Katya, and um, Isaac Harris, our friend from uh, Locked On Mavs. Uh, shout out to Isaac for taking a random shot at my at, at me being old at the end of the <laughs> broadcast. Um, that I was like sitting there, like like half paying attention, and then I was like, "Oh, cool! I just got dunked on. That's neat." Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched. I think you should leave. But there's a really funny uh, sketch. Um, it reminds me of that where uh, they're doing a courtroom scene and uh, they're reading text messages from the on the defendants and the whole gist of it is that in between like the incriminating text they're making fun of a coworker's hat and he's sitting in the in the jury or in the in the audience or you know in the in the general seating area with the hat going like what the hell <laughs> just that reminded me of that. Well, and and so the game, you know, we, we've not even you know mentioned the game, the game final score. The Mavericks pulled ahead late, <laughs> yeah. 90, 98 to ninety six, and you know part of why we're not in a hurry to really get to the score of the game is because like preseason basketball should be about taking away the things that you find are fun and yeah. perhaps ignoring things that irritate you. Um, <laughs> for me, this game had a fair number of things which irritated me. But when, you know, Luka Doncic didn't play, Tim Hardaway didn't play, Maxi Kleba didn't play, uh, JaVale McGee didn't play, and neither did our, our, our Latvian Laser. And so it's, you know, four rotation guys are, didn't play. So it's like you're, there's, there's a level of like overreaction to some bad stuff that is really easy to do that I'm, I'm trying not to do. <laughs> Um, I was really, like, if, and then there's some like fun stuff, which I think people should be like, should actually be happy about. And, and I think we should sort of start with that first. And for me, the early things which mattered in the game is for the third straight televised appearance, I felt that Josh Green looked very good. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. Uh, he did some handling of the rock he got a nice steal, led to a dunk. He was moving with a purpose, and that's nice to see. Uh, that's probably going to be the early takeaway for most really like like excited Mavs fans. And I think that's I think that's a I, I, that's a, a thing I want you to take away. Um, I'm a little bit kind of a, a game pessimist, uh, and we can talk about some of that stuff in the back half of like things where I'm just like ugh. Yeah. with elements of what went on but green looked really good and then the second thing to take away which you caught a significant portion of is that Jaden hardy is another young confident player 
who looks like he knows a significant amount about what he ought to like what his role could be like he 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 showed some shot making some some bursts of athleticism it's not like he's a you know one of one athlete but I, I liked watching him play in the limited minutes against like both teams super scrubs. So, so what, since you actually got to see that, let's, let's talk about that a little more. Yeah. Hardy was fun. And I think the, I wrote it in the preseason primer, but one of the things that I was most excited about was getting to watch Jaden Hardy play off ball with honest to God, NBA spacing with actual NBA quality point guards. Cause I know his summer league was rough, but, I mean, I can't emphasize enough, like, you know, the hodgepodge that is summer league. I mean, even the coaching staff is hot. I mean, the Mavericks changed summer league coaches in the middle of summer league. Like, I mean, everything was just kind of, let's throw some things against the wall and see what sticks. Like that was not an environment for someone like him to thrive, especially when they're asking him to basically be the full-time point guard. Like that's just not, I don't think that's his game. Um, And that's not a knock against him. He's just, really skilled at other other areas of the game. And I, I think he looked so much more comfortable with his jumper. And, and I think he is a smart off-ball player. And I think, um, you know, I was just impressed with his decision-making. I know he did have four turnovers and one assist. But when I mean decision-making, like, he didn't try to play, like, point guard floor general. Like, he was on the floor to shoot and score and take advantage uh, of whatever space that was created for him uh, playing alongside, you know, McKinley Wright, the point guard out of Colorado, who was pretty impressive in terms of like managing the game in the second half. He had 10 assists in 22 minutes. So I think that did wonders for Hardy. And like, I'm just more excited to see more opportunities. Can he play some minutes with Spencer Dinwiddie? Can he play some minutes with Luca? Like that'll be really fun uh, for his development. Uh but yeah, it was it, it was fun. Like you said, it was just really cool to see. Well, and in terms of like the quality of basketball that went on, yeah, <laughs> Mavs had twenty four, yeah, twenty four turnovers. Thunder had twenty one, and that's kind of like that was a, a a strict result of the process that they were going for. Bobby Corrala talked about this in the broadcast where <clears throat> there were passes being made that were not one not crisp, but two kind of come from trust. And also come from, frankly, Luka Doncic's penetration, where you're running like like if you run a high screen and roll going from the left side to the right side, and you're trying a cross court pass from like moderate penetration, that like those passing lanes aren't there if you're I don't even know like Spencer Dinwiddie to a degree, but I thought he played pretty well. But everybody had a ton of turnovers. Yeah. Um, it's like they're so evenly dispersed. You know, nobody had more than five, but everybody who saw minutes except for Hall and Reggie Bullock had a turnover. Oh, I guess <laughs> DJ Stewart didn't have a turnover either, but it's just like there's a lot of 24 is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think there were what, like 14, 15 in the third quarter alone. Yeah, so it was, it was uh, some, some sloppy, sloppy basketball. So, um, yeah, but I didn't get to watch, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch Josh Green. You talked more about him, but just looking at his box score, I mean, what. Two things that like I really like. One, he played 23 minutes, which yep. was third most on the team, which is great. Like, I think the thing me and you have always agreed on is he just needs time. Just the way yep. he's had two COVID-shortened seasons. He didn't have summer league. You know, he got drafted in November of 2020, and NBA training camp started 30 days later, like, which is crazy. So, like, we just wanted to see him get time, and he took five shots in those 23 minutes. Like, he just – 
I'm just glad that, you know, I didn't watch it. So fill me in, but that just seems like he felt, you know, he was a little bit more assertive with his, his time. on. He the was floor. more assertive and like purposeful with his movements in a way that's kind of hard to describe in a podcast, but I felt last year and, you know, when you're going, when you're driving against Rudy Gobert, I know it's a different deal, but there were opportunities last year where he would drive without a plan yeah. and it was, he was going a little bit too fast at all times still. You know, tonight he pump faked and dribbled in where I really wish he would have shot the ball a couple of times. But that's, you know, that's that's a that's a matter of playing more. I, I he, he still makes nice reads or at least he he's seeing the floor in a way that indicates that with more process, the reads are going to result in in better things for the Mavericks. Um, it's I'm not doing a great job of describing this because there's like there was such a frenetic energy about him last year. And when they were playing bad teams, that often really worked because you're playing another team that, that doesn't entirely know what's going on. And green could sort of, you know, just survive by doing some crazy stuff. And I just scrap and going for loose. There were elements of his game tonight that felt really calm and smooth. And that's really good to hear. Yeah. and, And the smoothness is there now. I, I I will I, I I have to couch this because I think judging from how people are talking online, and this is just online, but that conversation bleeds down from Twitter into Reddit into Facebook. Like expectations at this point for Josh Green are wildly out of whack with what I think they ought to be. More from Green is important. Consistency and and really just confidence are important. He needs to be a positive contributor. But remember, most people that play in the league score under 10 points a game. So, you know, assuming like some stat markers for him, I don't think is a good bellwether for what he ought to do. He needs to add when he's on the floor. And that's going to be enough for me because there were games last year where he needed to soak up minutes and it was, it was not particularly helpful you know, somebody pointed out in, in my preview of the season that I wrote about him that, you know, the minutes might not be there for him. And that's true. But what Green can do to earn more minutes is play consistently. So against the Phoenix Suns on opening night, if he plays 11 minutes and has two shots and no rebounds and two turnovers or something, that, you know, there's going to be no reason to overreact. And I'm saying that for me as much as I am anybody else. But it's an understanding of like, these things don't happen overnight. I made the comparison no. to Matthew last night when we were talking, it's kind of like fantasy football where, you know, you, you draft a rookie and you hope that he comes in and gives you minutes, but real or gives you points. But really what happens with the really talented ones is it takes them four to five games before they start to get into things. And, you know, we might not see, you know, some, some real growth from green at the NBA level until, you know, game 20. But if he can continue to chip away and make an argument for why he needs to play, I really believe the Mavericks will play him. Yeah, totally. And like you said, it's going to be some nights he's going to get eight to 11 minutes. Some nights he might get 15 to 20. You know, we don't know what the injuries are going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know how the season's going to go. But like you said, it's less about like, points and you know i just care about like you know minutes is big you know just to see him play shot attempts is big because you know he needs to be more assertive but otherwise outside of that i'm not really looking at box score numbers i'm just looking at hey when he's on the floor like you said when he's on the floor does the team uh still play well and i think back to 
another uh, young Mavericks wing that used to frustrate you, uh, Jay Crowder. I remember the season, the 2015 season, before he got traded for Rondo, I remember he was averaging – his box score counting stats were nothing. Like he got he was, buried. He got buried yeah. by Richard Jefferson and Carlisle. Yeah, but, but when he was on the floor, like there were some lineups where they, they just were really positive lineups because, you know, what he wasn't the best defender on the on the floor. He wasn't the best shooter. Like he just kind of filled the gaps. And it's like, hey, he moves the ball. He's not a ball hog. He doesn't. You know, he plays help defense. Like Green can can contribute in ways like that and not necessarily should feel the pressure to be like, I got to get shots up. I got to, you know, I got to score this many points. You know, if he can just contribute in the flow of the game, you know, that's a step, a big step in the right direction. Yeah. And, and the, the other element of sort of what I, I enjoyed seeing from this game was, was Hardy. And then everything else I kind of put into, well, let's see, you know, uh, Dorian didn't have a particularly effective game, but I have zero concerns or worries about Dorian. Reggie Bullock hit two of four from three. That was fun because we just went through a period last year where he couldn't hit anything. Uh, Dwight Powell getting the start was particularly amusing considering McGee was out and it's like a lot of people just want to see Christian Wood play. Christian Wood's probably the other player that we should consider spending some time on. He played 25 minutes, 16 points, 13 rebounds, um, two of four from three, including one really cool looking one from the, from the corner. Offensively, I don't have any concerns about Christian Wood whatsoever. (laughs) I think him and Luca, when they get a chance to play together, are going to really work well. I'm going to be curious to see how this bench thing goes and how long the Mavericks can justify playing him off the bench because really he handles he might be the third best like ball handler on the team. Um, I got to say just before we get get more going because you watched him and I didn't I I did see before uh, I had to step out of the house like the fact that like McGee uh, wasn't playing I think everyone assumed oh well Christian Wood will start and the fact that Dwight Powell still started i thought was like really hilarious and i know the reason is probably because like hey he's coming off the bench and they want they want him to get used to coming off the bench because it is different as an nba player like when you're warming up and and how you get ready for the game coming off the bench but i just kind of saw that i was like oh man i'm sure people because dwight powell gets a lot of grief uh on the internet and i'm sure there were a lot of uh maybe unhinged takes when people saw that Powell was starting over christian wood tonight yeah well, and Wood kind of showed you all sorts of elements from his game. Again, kind of the good, mm-hmm. the bad, and the ugly. Like, his defense is terrible. Uh, was it bad tonight? It was It was bad. And mm-hmm. I don't know how – like, I don't want to overreact from that. But it's just every time I see Christian Wood in these in, – in between these three kind of, you know, televised appearances, you're get we've gotten sort of the full gambit of what he brings to the table, both positively and negatively. And I think if the Mavericks, you know, it's going to be kind of on Luca and the coaching staff to figure out how to get the absolute most out of him because offensively the game comes so easily to him. But Dallas defense with the players that they have, the, it's, it's all about the execution. And Wood is going to have to buy in and be better and just be better. There's really no simpler way to say it. He, he kind of gets lost sometimes. And... Defense is really hard at the NBA level. Yeah. It just it, it requires a lot of focus, coaching, and then adherence to the plan on top of just being like an athlete and understanding what your role is within that system. So 
I, you know, I, I, I will say the Christian Wood experience is largely positive. You know, I, I love offensive basketball and some of the things that he's able to do are really entertaining. Uh, and, and past that, I think until we see him with Luca there, uh, everything else sort of needs to be a reserve judgment type situation. Um, but it's, it, it is what it is. It's like, he, he really does have a nose for the ball and rebounding. I, yeah, am, I was about to say, uh, I mean, just look at <laughs> not many Mavericks box scores in the last five years. Would you see someone grab 13 rebounds sure. in 25 minutes? Well, and I'm very curious as to how that pays in the regular yeah. season, because rebounding more or less, you know, I'm going to take heat from this from, from longtime basketball watchers, but like yeah. rebounding has largely like on in aggregate over the course of the season, you can minimize its impact. Like Dallas played a math game last year and got out rebounded all the time. And then they also won 75% of their games from January yeah. on. Yeah, so, I was about to say they made it to the Western conference finals, getting out rebounded in every single playoff game. And it's, it's like, so it's like the argument of, well, Christian Wood would have helped them rebound in the Western conference finals. I'm not sure about that. I need to see it. That's not saying I don't believe it. I'm just saying it needs to be something that's translated because rebounds can very easily be a bit of an empty stat relative to a thing. It's like, and that, you know, we could make the same argument for Luka Doncic because Luka gets a ton of them. Um, it's, it's just a, it's kind of a, a thing that can get over overrated and stuff, but at the same time, you can't discount what you said earlier, where in the last four, you know, even pre Luka, the Mavericks haven't been a very good rebounding team for a very long time. So that would that would just be nice if they could occasionally be on the plus side of the rebounds. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't hurt. Um so, the bad so so now, you know, that's kind of the good. The bad, uh, at least in this game, Tyler Dorsey does not look like he belongs whatsoever. Really rough game from him. Like people angry on the internet, classic. <laughs> I, saw like, some I didn't of that. really like. I was just kind of like, eh. That Eurobasket run really did And some, I don't blame him. I mean, he yeah. looked like Tim, like like one of my friends, Jazz, said she called him Tim Hardaway Jr. Jr. Because he was <laughs> just gunning. And there's something, like, it looked like there was something there. And he just, like, at least tonight, he looked yeah, lost. Just, yeah, just one game. I mean, he got shots up, that's for sure. Jeez, yeah. six, six, six shots, shots in 12 minutes. Congratulations. That's, hey, that's what he's on the floor to do, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then the other guy, Frank Nilkina, just sort of, you know, 12 minutes, one of three with one steal and two turnovers. That was the only contri- statistical contribution. He is not a ball handler. He's just not. It's okay, but he's not. And I'm the, the sooner the Mavericks kind of move past that as an experiment and slot him in with wing minutes, I think the better off everybody is for it. I mean, Josh Green looks so much more comfortable handling the ball than him. And that it, it's fine. Like, it's not a negative big picture it's just sort of thing a thing that exists um i do yeah, i'm I sure to, i'm sure it's i was gonna say i'm sure the frank game stood out even more when uh with mckinley Wright, you know being able to eat 10 assists in 22 minutes and i saw some of his floor game in the fourth quarter and i was generally like wow this guy kind of knows what you know he's running an nba offense like i know it's preseason i know he's doing it against you know, other training camp invites and rookies and second round picks and whatever. But like, you know, I, it, it just goes to show that like, it's just not, it's not necessarily like, oh, Frank is struggling. It's struggling with this. It'd be like asking a center to play point. Like Frank is just a, a wing in a guard's body. Like I think that's, and hopefully yeah. the Mavericks can get to a point where they maybe accept that and, and try to find other ways around their, uh, 
their playmaking uh, deficit with Brunson gone. Yeah, yeah. It must be noted that McKinley Wright, the fourth, had ten assists. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that. He he had ten assists and two turnovers. So you take away his turn, his assists and his turnovers. Well, he actually had turnovers. zero turnovers. I think you're looking at the foul column. No, I'm, I'm looking at turnover on NBA. Oh, yeah, two oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's that's okay. Frank Nilakina. Um, <laughs> so you take away his ten assists. <laughs> Mavericks had ten assists and twenty four turnovers. Wow. Um, so just sort of a sloppy game from from yeah. the ball handling standpoint. But it is what it is. Uh, other than that, you know, there's not really like the, like there should, I have nothing to, um, complain about the basketball wise. There's like a couple of budding storyline things that I think I'm going to buck against. And I just sort of wanted to talk about one right now. Like I am, I I have made my peace with the JaVale McGee signing because I think he's going to play 12 to 15 minutes and do some interesting things. I, I think, you know, a lot of people discount the stuff Dwight Powell brings that are not box score contributions. He plays hard. He sets screens, et cetera. Whereas McGee's a bit of a, a stat stuffer. Um, I'm, I'm not this, this budding narrative that he's like this guiding light veteran that brings a lot to the locker room and to the floor. I just, I've watched JaVale McGee's entire career. I understand he has three championship rings. He played no part in any of those championship performances. Like Doyle Rader pointed out, he played zero minutes in the bubble finals. Like, zero, like, what are we doing in that element? Like, let's just not oversell. Like, I'm fine if if he, you know, if if when I if our buddy Tim Cato tells me like guys really like him, he's a calming presence, etc. You know, somebody tells me to shut up about this tomorrow. I'm willing to accept this. I just don't want it to be like we have to set some reasonable expectations for these guys. It's what do I want from JaVale McGee? I want plus minutes. That's all I want. When he's on the floor, I want, you know, lobs to happen and for him to, to, you know, guide some things away from the basket. I don't, I I just, I feel like some of these things are getting oversold as to the importance. Our our buddy Isaac said that, that at the, in the pre-show basically said that he thought that by mid season, JaVale McGee could be considered one of like one of the, most important off-season signings for the league and that's a high bar you know maybe <laughs> these high things bar. Don't, i mean maybe these things don't matter to other people because it's like you know the, the no, kind of don't. folks that watch a preseason game and listen half hour in on a preseason podcast are like true diehards so it's just that it's it's i don't want i i don't know i I'm really looking forward to the basketball. I just want there to be an element of what's going to happen in the regular season to where we're all sort of on the same page that the Dallas Mavericks are capable of a heck of a lot because they showed it last year. But repeating that is an uphill climb. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's okay. And, uh, you know, the West is getting better and, and, you know, the Mavericks could play almost as well uh, as they did last season, but things they might, be a little lower in the standings just because the teams in the West are, you know, four or five teams below them got, I, I feel significantly better barring, you know, injuries and health, but yeah, the McGee thing, it's one of those things, you know, there it's, it's preseason, it's training camp. They're obviously, they're puffing stuff up like that. You know, we, sure. we live through uh, the narrative of Justin Jackson being a starter uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, Dark times. you know, these things happen. It's just kind of part of the Good game. Point. Um, Good point. Yeah. And, you know, it is, you know, 
there's a frustrating part of feeling like what's the, what's the thing that you're saying? Uh, what's the thing you always say? Where I always you, say you're expectations like the are the thief of joy. Yeah, that, and then the, something like where someone's telling you something like the sky. To oh, someone's telling you the sky is green. It's raining. Yeah, that. So I know that. So this thing with McGee being like the locker room president, I'm sure that tickles that uh, that pressure yeah. point for you. So yeah, I get it. And then, well, like you said neither of us are in the locker room so we'll just wait and see and we'll definitely know like it's not going to be like a hidden sure. thing if he's legitimately making that much of a positive impact in the locker room i mean the guys in that in that room are gonna are gonna report about it so we'll no, find that's out. great and and there's there's just the 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 early season feelings you know we we had uh, Brett Brooks wrote about this. Um, Brent Brooks, what's wrong with me? Sorry, Brent. Um, wrote a longer piece kind of on the psychology of flow yeah. a, a, as a concept. And I found that pretty interesting because I think that that what the Mavericks have going, you know, it's it's basically a 1400 word column on why the vibes being immaculate matters to like team success. I, I enjoyed it. And there's these sorts of things that go on to where there's so much, like there's gotta be something to the positive aura around the Mavericks. Now, everybody starts the season really excited, but, well, maybe not the Phoenix Suns. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's there's just, yeah. there's got to be something to the fact that the Mavericks don't have any drama going on right now. Like, tonight alone, the Golden State Warriors, like, Draymond Green got into a Good fight. Lord, with Poole, yeah. uh, which, you know, the, the, like, those things tend to linger. And the fact is, as far as we know, for the past several seasons, there's been no issues in the Mavericks locker room whatsoever that have ever bubbled to the surface. You know, there's, and and that's, you know, even with like the KP stuff and like that, there's something to be said about that. Like the, just the, the continuing calmness. And so I, I think from a game to game element, I will always do what I do, which is get frustrated with specific elements. But I, I have to acknowledge the fact that what's going on big picture has worked. And, and, you know, right now, the Mavericks really deserve any benefit of the doubt with what they're trying just because they've made things work in spite of challenges the last two seasons. Yeah. And so, I mean, it'll be nice to start a season, not two games under 500 a month in and have a COVID outbreak and two. have Luca miss 10 games with an ankle sprain. Like, yeah, I, know, right? I feel like that's happened three straight years now or something like mm-hmm, that. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they just start the season normal, there's a lot of potential for them to weather the storm of other teams getting better and, and the West just being a gauntlet. So yeah, there's definitely something to that. And Hey, this is the first season uh, since rookies Luca year where we don't have to worry about integrating Christoph's Porzingis into the offense and trying to solve that puzzle box. And I mean, that's got to, I mean, good Lord, Lucas scored what 50 something points the first game after KP got yeah. traded. Like, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think there was like a growing animosity there, you know, from what's been reported. Like it wasn't that, but I think it was just, they were trying to fit a square peg into a round hole at a certain point. And the fact that they don't have to do that anymore is another, you know, probably relief to the, to the psyche of the team. So it's another thing that could, help them uh, early on in the season compared to the past two. Yep. Well, so here's kind of, you know, we're getting back on our horse. We're writing a lot of stuff. <laughs> Mavs Moneyball got things turned in every day. Got a bigger staff than last year. Looking forward to seeing what people are pumping out. You and I will be back on 
Friday night, or at least I'm going to be. I don't know if you're going to be here. I should probably be here. ask you that before the show. Oh, we'll report on Friday. There's a number. You know, we've had a lot of. Um, I want to continue to do with the series. I'll probably do it with Ben just because we started about like player previews. Um, that'll probably yeah. go up over the weekend. They play a Friday game against um of the Magic, and then they play one more preseason game a week later. So there's really not. You know, we're like 13 days from opening opening day. It's so coming. There's, there's not, yeah, it's coming. There's a lot of stuff to to consider and think about. We're writing a ton. Uh, please visit our website. I'll continue to sort of, you know, put out some of these these podcasts we've been doing. Probably give Josh like ease you back into this since once the season starts, we're just going to be talking like every two days for you know <laughs> for for what is it 160 days. So yeah. it's uh, there's a lot going on. Um, yeah, do you got anything? You got anything else? I'll let you take us out of here. Oh, I think that sounds good. Let's get out of here. It's first preseason game, and we almost uh, only thirteen minutes away from our allotment on our on the program we use to record. So that's we're right on track. Uh, so that was fun. Um, again, thanks uh, for joining Kirk, and I'm glad we got to do or get our first preseason game out of the way. Again, apologies, I did not catch enough of it, but uh, I will watch those YouTube highlights and, and get real excited about Jaden Hardy. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. It's Maz Moneyball After Dark. Mavericks beat the Oklahoma City Thunder preseason game number one, 98-96. We'll talk to you guys later.